Hey, look, you're not going to go down there, man, are you? To the zone? I have to do a favor for a friend. Wow, this better be a pretty good friend. Because anything that involves poking around in the zone is one hell of a favor. I can take care of myself, man. Yeah, right. When you know what you're fighting. But look, you go down into the zone cold, there's a hundred ways of getting yourself killed. I mean, you look at somebody then the wrong way. I guess I'm going to have to look at somebody the right way. Hey, do you think somebody is going to just open up and talk to you? Huh? You need somebody to be a guide. Or at least somebody to watch your back. Take Richie if you don't want me. Richie's out of this. Oh, well then, that leaves me then, doesn't it? Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we revisit the Highlander franchise. Uh, I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. And this week we are talking about the episode The Zone. This is from Season 2. This is Episode 6. This is from Sonic 2, Scene 2, Chemical Plant Zone. Uh, <laughs> this episode aired Monday, November 1st, 1993. It was directed by Clay Boris. Uh, we actually just saw him pretty recently. I think this was, uh, he did The Watchers and he did Turnabout. Um, and he's got more to come. And he also did a lot of Forever Night episodes. Mm, Quentin Barnes. I, it's me, Quentin Barnes. This was written the- by Peter Mohan. Uh, this is his first of three Highlander episodes. And I was looking at his IMDb. He has done, like, a ton of, like, children's television. Really? Like, the majority of what he did is, like, huh. children's cartoons. Like, like, and not, like what? Like, not, not something like, uh, I don't know, something that might be, like, not like Justice League or Batman. Like... Which I would say us adult kids kind of watch, mm-hmm. uh, but like, like Blues Clues, like Blues Cluesy, sort of like that sort of realm. I don't have any written down, but it's a lot of that. Franklin Little Turtle. Huh. Yeah, it's weird. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how he got involved in this. We well, also has an episode of La Femme Nikita, which is decidedly not for children. Nope, not at all. Mm. This episode guest stars Michael Shanks, notably as Jesse Collins. Uh, you may know him from Stargate as Daniel Jackson, uh, and he was also. Oh, yeah. He was also Hawkman on, uh, like, the last season of Smallville, I want to say. The one before that, I think. Maybe, okay. Smallville had Hawkman? And Hawk Girl. Did they have, like, the whole outfit? Oh, yeah. There was, there was some serious Hawk action. Wow. Yeah. Hawk on Hawk. But they didn't have Superman in his costume? Nope. <laughs> I don't think they were allowed to. Yeah, they weren't allowed to. Oh, they weren't allowed to. No. Okay. That's crazy. That was, like, a legal thing. They were huh. like, you can't show that S. Well, they could, yeah, they showed the eight. Yeah, it right. was always an eight. <laughs> yeah, SG One was amazing. Yeah, even when the character, the very actor we're talking about, dies and is replaced with someone for a season, and then magically brought back. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Ay ay ay. Contract disputes. <laughs> Woo. Also, Billy was in an earlier episode. Stop bringing up Alpha. Uh, the episode description for the zone is charlie alerts duncan to a mysterious man who may be able to reduce violence in the zone what once again a dangerous slum neighbor this description is false in every way wait but if he's this is the second time that we have seen an episode description that is just not accurate this isn't even close to being accurate say that one more time (laughs) charlie Charlie alerts Duncan 
to a mysterious man who may be able to reduce violence in the zone, a dangerous slum neighborhood. So that doesn't sound bad. Yeah. Who's the mysterious man? There's no mysterious man that Charlie alerts him to. Well, Kanan's mysterious. But he's not reducing violence in the zone. He's the violence of the zone. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Reducing violence in the zone sounds good, right? Yeah, you're right. (laughs) So Duncan's like, oh, no. (laughs) Reducing violence? (laughs) I can't have that. Let me solve this problem with violence. (laughs) I'm going to take my sword down there. He doesn't, actually. He does not do that. That's true. Takes his leather vest down there. Mm. (laughs) This episode opens in the zone, which Mm -hmm. we we later find out. It's basically a junkyard. Yeah, it's like a tent city of some kind. But it's like on a dock. It's a Hooverville. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And there is this guy giving a speech yeah and he's dressed like a douche like this is the biggest douche i've ever he's like seen. in a zoot suit he, yeah it's like the yeah. but a 90s zoot suit because yeah. it's so large and like Colorful. the lapels are enormous the it's lapels super are bigger breasted. than my thigh like yeah <laughs> and he's got some thighs <laughs> okay. let me tell you and ironically he's trying to start a riot Yep. I don't know what he's trying to do. He's like trying to... What is this character's goal? Is a question I asked myself repeatedly. Yeah. So he talks about... Like this whole speech he gives... He's talking about rich people and how they're like paying... Like sacrificing your life to pay for his son's video games. Yeah, I'll I'll read a... Let let me read a portion of this just so we can... I don't know. This This doesn't make any sense. Like there's only one thing you need to live in this world. It's not food. It's not money. It's not love. People need respect. Where's your respect? Gone. Gone with your paint sh- the paint chips your babies eat and the drugs your teenagers do. You want to know where your respect is? Rich man society has taken it from you. You didn't even see it go. Your kid's future is gone to buy his new kid or his kid a new video game. And you say you don't like it. Rich man says it's too bad. It's part of the game. This is this rhetoric i think is supposed to sound like revolutionary and like rise up and defeat, you know, the man. The man and it's like but it's this it's oh it's so bad also he's delivering this speech in the gaudiest and probably expensive looking suit you could find is he in the blue suit with like the texas looking chain at this point yeah he's got like not a bow tie but his shirt almost makes the outline of a bow tie yeah yeah there's so many questions like right off of the bat with this like this guy looks rich and he's giving a speech about rising up to these like poor people homeless people or whatever like and it's just like, wait, well, who is like? I would. Why isn't this guy like just some dude who organized the slum essentially? And was yeah. like, we should do something about this. Like, right. why is it this outsider person? Like, I don't know. I guess well, it's like. He's so a you're drug saying dealer? we should steal your stuff? Like, yeah, yeah. Because he never addresses why he's different, and he never addresses anything he's trying to do in this episode at all, ever. Because this episode is the worst. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's some some dude is in the crowd listening yeah. to this, and uh, he's taking notes. We find out later he's a watcher. Mm-hmm. He claims to be a reporter, though, when he yeah. gets called out by this zoot-suited nincompoop. <laughs> yeah. And he might be both reporter slash watcher. According to the Watcher Chronicles, he is both. Oh. Yeah. That would make sense, because that would be a great—you you could be a watcher for both careers. Absolutely. He's like Clark Kent. Who? Superman? <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll take the soup. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they. The, I guess this 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 lunatic sicks all these people on this reporter, and he runs off and get, ends up getting stabbed. Yeah, because of they off can't, camera. Yeah. They he can't have the this corner. guy here. And again, like I don't know why this is necessary. Like, you want to show mercy? Rich man has no mercy for you. Uh, 
But like this guy did not catch him saying anything incriminating. Like we yeah. end up finding out this guy deals drugs and guns, but this is never brought up in this speech. Like, and this guy seems to be a public figure. We find out later too. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, people know about like this is a known person. So I, yeah. I don't know what this guy could possibly re- report on, other than maybe he's inciting these people to do something organized yeah it's really weird it's yep. so non-specific and nebulous that it just ends up making no <laughs> zero sense. yeah sense. yep this guy gets killed then we cut to the gym where charlie is sizzling oh yeah he's looking he's pretty hot, hot as duncan yeah. says <laughs> he's like doing some like sparring with somebody and then he challenges mac to a rematch right so they start going through all these different fighting techniques they right do some like Karate. They do mm-hmm. some boxing mm-hmm. uh, where uh, Charlie actually punches Mac in the jaw. Yeah. And this Charlie's me, a better boxer. This mm-hmm. actually did make me think of something. Uh, we, we discussed a couple weeks ago, like, can immortals get sick? Mm-hmm. Charlie lands a pretty good punch on Duncan's jaw. And I was like, can immortals lose their teeth? Sure. Maybe. Or will they grow back? Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking because like, also like, they're pretty easy to knock out of your face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like in four hundred years, Dunk is ne- Duncan never has been dealt some dental damage. Dental Maybe they have damage. super teeth. Super yeah. teeth. Yeah. I'm totally willing to admit they have super teeth. Yeah, sure. Why not? Why and again, not? it's one of those things that is stupid to think about for yeah. too long. <laughs> <laughs> we are the worst. Uh, so while they're doing this, the, the last style, let's, I guess let's play this clip. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Charlie lands his punch. I didn't think I'd be taking bruises over schoolwork. I'll tell you what, how about karate, which means empty hand? Oh, and this is crazy. He's giving him like a lesson. Ago, yeah. the well, they're they're doing weapons. it with each other. They do something to fight the ruling Japanese. Yeah. Now, of course, there are the modern techniques. Uh-huh. Bing, bunk, ding. Holy shit. <laughs> Where did you learn that one? Three Stooges. Uh, uh, you know, the modern techniques. No, no, no. The, McLeod. What were they? The, the 30s? What were the Three Stooges? Yeah, it's like 30s, 40s. Yeah. See, those are the modern, the modern techniques. fighting techniques. techniques. Yeah. So Duncan steps on his foot. He like pokes him in the pokes eyes. Him in the eyes. Well, that's the last bit. Yeah. This is just his Martin Riggs impression from Lethal Weapon. <laughs> like somebody watched Lethal Weapon. Doesn't Mel Gibson do the exact same thing? Mm-hmm. I think so. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Joe has uh, arrived at the dojo to talk to Duncan. Uh, he's just gotten back for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's gotten back from a funeral of the fallen watcher Mark. So yeah. now we've we've lost we've lost Josh. We've lost Mark. This is Mark. <laughs> who, who was the immortal in the hunt? The Watchers. James. Uh, James. <laughs> All these. I'm sorry, the immortal. You're talking in about the, the Watchers. What's his name? Oh, in it's the another Watchers. innocuous name. Horton's daughter's fiance. Yeah. Robert. No, right. I think it's Robert. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, he just had too much to drink. Yeah. So they're <laughs> dropping like flies. Yeah. Uh, Josh! <laughs> Are the Watchers the red shirts of the Highlander universe? <laughs> Thus far, yeah. Whenever they need any kind of plot device, these guys are just disposable. I mean, I guess bad guy immortals are also the red shirts of the Highlander universe. <laughs> so Joe is there because... The the Watchers are suspecting that Kanan, who's the Zoot Suit Man, is an immortal. Is an immortal? Why? Based on I don't know. And they're like, well, it's I guess dangerous. You should check it out. Yeah. 
So here's my thought is like, it seems almost safer. They know this guy's like super dangerous or whatever. Like it actually seems safer for a watcher to find out because like if Duncan is close enough to see this guy, there'll be a buzz. So this guy will know like something's up. It's like the watchers have no buzz. Like they can sneak around this guy. I think, but they can't confirm that. How do they confirm he's immortal? I guess they have to just watch the Horton method. method. He's shoot him. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, now we know. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing also, about this guy makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> Joe wants him to check him out, check it out, and Duncan is like, "I'm not a cop, but I guess I'll do it." Yeah. Also, we glossed over the the fact that uh, Duncan put Charlie in a full Nelson <laughs> and said, "Oh, even Jacob wrestled an angel." Yeah. <laughs> Have a high, have a high opinion of yourself, there, man. Yeah, yeah. amazing, zeist. <laughs> so Charlie has overheard this talk of the zone, right? Which, what a dumb name for this tent city. Yeah, the zone, also, and everyone it's, it's knows what little, it is. Like yeah. everyone, Joe's Except like, oh, he's down at the zone. Like it's like what? It's like the Narrows in Batman Begins. Ooh. Yeah, this actually oh, episode has reminded me a lot of a lot of Batman stuff for yeah. some reason, except for being good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> though, and it also just sounds like a Sonic the Hedgehog level. Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, we gotta go to the zone. <laughs> Which zone? Oh, Duncan's like, it's not uh, polite to like eavesdrop when Charlie's like, hey, what's Hill. going on? So then we yeah. get this line that keeps popping up. So, so sue me, me. Uh, which Soon Teko said in episode number three as he leapt over some boxes. So I was wondering, is this something that just keeps creeping into Highlander for no good reason? Or like, was that phrase more popular in the 90s than I remember it being? Like, I do kind of remember this being a popular phrase. Americans are very litigious. Yeah. Maybe it's just a pop culture thing that seems to like stick out every time they say it now. It's been so said me. two episodes in a row, right? Two episodes in a row. Two episodes in a row. Yeah. So sue me. That's our connecting thread, Eamon. That's yeah. right. <laughs> they're both they're both dealing with suing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a note in my I, I've written down in my notes. Every time the phrase the zone is used, I want to slap this show in the proverbial face. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh so Charlie's like, I'll be your guide. Like, I know that place. I grew up down there. Which what like the episode he the the place he was growing up that he described to Richie before where he was getting beat up all the time was this tent was city? this place yeah. <laughs> it's not even a place like it's literally just like a bunch of shacks built on a wharf <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's Duncan goes down to the the zone there's yeah. some like hard blues playing right yeah uh, and so he's being followed and it turns out it's Charlie he's tagged along mm-hmm. yeah the place he grew up my note here is just so the place Charlie grew up was a junkyard yeah. also like they keep describing this place as being like super like you don't go down to the zone like but in these establishing shots it looks like it is only populated by like scrappy kids and like elderly crazy people like, yeah it's like this place doesn't look that threatening it looks no. kind of sad like, yeah <laughs> Charlie decides to take back to visit Asia at the Zone Clinic. And there's also a weird thing here. Charlie talks about, he's like, yeah, man, he's like, things are different now. Like, none of these people have any respect. And I was like, what's this respect threat? Like, I think this is when it stops. Like, the opening speech talked about respect. Yeah. Charlie talks about respect. And it's like, is this the theme? It's gone. I don't know what the hell the yeah. fuck is happening. <laughs> hmm. Also, when we come to the zone, there's this insane... <laughs> I'm going to slap you now for saying that. <laughs> that is, it's like needles. When we come to the place shown in this episode, <laughs> there's this crazy guitar cue that is... Which occurs every time they cut to the place in this episode. <laughs> 
And you can you can say the zone, Kyle. It's okay. The titular place. Yeah, the titular place. place. <laughs> the titular place. The zone. Titular zone. Act three, where you fight Robotnik in a clinic that transforms into a giant robot. Eat those chili dogs, Richie. So, so my note is just this guitar cue is insane, and the sonic equivalent of a wang. <laughs> Uh, so Charlie takes, as you said, Eamon, Duncan to this clinic mm-hmm. and his friend, I guess, Asia is running this clinic. So we've got yeah. to play this bit of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Asia is in there taking care of a little girl. This is amazing. Yep. Hey, you gotta stay off the glue, hun. Trying your brains. Now, I'm gonna send you to get some help. You gonna take care of you, please? <laughs> She's like, you gotta stay off the glue, hon. It's frying your brain. Here's a piece of paper. It's a prescription to fucking fix your shit. Like, yeah. like she helps her not at all. She's just like, here's a piece of paper. Goodbye. Fix your, fix your life, please. Yes. A piece of paper is just a drawing of a middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> gotta stay off the glue, hon. That girl is also like ten years old. Yep. Sniffing a lot of glue. I mm. to step up from pain. Max starts talking to Asia about Kanan, who's immediately just like, no, you don't want to deal with that. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess we find out that, yeah, he's selling drugs and guns, but they, they drop this thing that he's, like, getting political. Did he has a political rap. And it's what like, what is that? that? Is yeah. that his whole rabble-rousing, gotta fight the man, yeah. shtick? Or does he do raps of a political nature? <laughs> it's just like Hamilton. Yeah. He's just rapping about, like, centralizing state debts. <laughs> yeah, he's the 90s Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> My name uh, is Kanan, and I'm here to say, vote in a political way. Yikes. <laughs> Got to huff paint in a zone way. <laughs> this rap is over because we couldn't find a, a rhyme for I'm here to say. <laughs> Which is, that shows you our skills. Yeah. Rap, a rap, a rap, 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 a rap, 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 rap. Mac just kind of leaves. Yeah, well, they leave well, this, because this, Asia this, blows them off, yeah. and then this doesn't make any sense. So, <laughs> also, what's the relationship between Charlie and Asia? They have something. The going person, on. not the place. Well, yeah. again, I guess Charlie grew up down here, so he knows her because yeah. they grew up together. But they yeah, seem but... like they have a little something, something. <laughs> there is like this romantic tension. I was waiting for it to be like, "This is my sister, Asia McLean." Charlie apologizes for Asia's behavior because she's like kind of standoffish, blows him yeah. off, and he's like, "Yeah, they don't trust like outsiders being here." He's like, "I'm beginning to hate this place. I didn't spend this much time down here when I lived here." Yeah, and it's like you were demanding to be his guide, and like because now you're you like knew so much about it. It's like, yeah, I was never here that much. <laughs> <laughs> no this sense. episode is so poorly written oh the zone i grew up there i didn't spend much time there though <laughs> you need someone to show you around but not me because i don't know shit from shit <laughs> i didn't spend very much time there maybe she has asia to do it yeah <laughs> uh so back in the dojo even yeah so joe's there and he gives mac a note i can't remember what this note is supposed to say and then Hey, guess where we are again? The zone. Well, so... <laughs> oh, you don't want to slap Eamon? <laughs> so Joe finds... That, that's what happens. Joe, they say they find Mark's notebook, which gives the location of Zoot Suit in the zone. So first off, it's like, hold, hold, how big is the zone that they're like, we don't know where to find him. Like, yeah. It's so big that we, we need to like pinpoint his location. So also, that also com- means that entire previous scene where they were snooping around was po- like, it's pointless. It's like, yeah. They are just given the, the proper clue in the next scene. This is the most like, yeah, they should have found the notebook. Yeah. Right. Or they should have had it. Anything but like 
cut back to the office for a minute and then cut back to the zone. <laughs> I was trying to see if they were in the same outfits. <laughs> I don't know if they are or not. So they're back. This in guy's the- like a dictator in a banana republic. Uh, <laughs> As- My cardigan is from Banana Republic. Mm. Mm. Well, <laughs> is it from a dictator in Banana Republic? That's which right. which <laughs> Banana Republic dictator would you say this is most like? <laughs> Well, this guy's next suit is definitely Pinochet? not from the Banana Republic because the next time we see Kanan, he is wearing an orange suit. Not just an orange, it's an orange jacket, orange pants, orange shirt, and an orange tie. He's in an orange suit. Yes, it's ridiculous. Actually, the villain of this episode is just a tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> so he ends up giving uh, this kid Teo, Teo, excuse me, Teo, Teo. Yeah. <laughs> who's, the, who's the guy who got like catfished by like a man? His fiance was a, like a man who catfished him or something mante teo is that his name oh i don't know no he's like a college athlete hmm all right never mind so he gives teo a gun yeah and he's like you gotta like take Go. back what's rightfully rightfully yours like which is just rob people yeah which this kid even points out you want me to rob people and he's like nay <laughs> you're either my friend or my enemy <laughs> So then we get kind of a cool flash, like, dissolve, but it also raises some questions, too, because it dissolves, like, a a girl walks by with a tattered doll, Mm -hmm. and then the dissolve is through that doll, and you'd expect it, like, oh, a doll to maybe another doll. It's the exact same same doll. doll. So it's like, wait, what's happening here? What? Yeah. But we're in a, uh, I guess, a Pennsylvania mining town? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. I just want to pause for a moment. Yes, sir. To express extreme discomfort with the parallel that they kind of draw here between Kanan and coal workers trying to unionize. Yeah. This bothered me so much. Well, like what's, what's the connection they are trying to, or not try, like, what are they trying to say about these miners? Like, is the mine leader supposed to be Kanan? Yeah, but there is such a categorical difference between, like, coal miners in Pennsylvania country around the turn of the century when, like, people were finally waking up to realize that laborers were human beings. (laughs) Right. There's such a categorical difference between that and, like, this drug-dealing guy trying to convince children to commit armed robbery. Like, there is such a difference between those things where, like, I kind of get, like, the kind of populist thread that they're drawing between the two. But, like, I don't know. I don't know it's, what it is it's about definitely, this. It's definitely problematic. They're not, they're not equivalents. And I think they're trying to draw a parallel, like... The coal miners, they group together and try to they use try to use violence, I guess. That's the to get what they want. And I think that's what they're trying that's to do. That's the like connection violence they're doesn't going get like I know you're poor, but robbing and killing people is not the solution to and but I'm, it's like again, I these think are that's not, accurate. Yeah. But like it's not even remotely the same. And yeah. it's like, oh, by the way, you're like robber baron overlord has hired armed guards to murder you. Right. Right. And like possibly Pinkertons to infiltrate your group. <laughs> right. And like point is, there's a reason Labor Day's a holiday. <laughs> like yeah. this just really bugged me yeah, as it's a, weird. as a juxtaposition. Max Max's whole position in all this kind of bugged me too. Because I was like, Mac, like 
whose side are you on here? I, I we spawned into Max role in this thing because this whole thing is like counseling against violence, right? Well, he counsels against it, but doesn't offer like he's like he won't listen to you. Like your your men will keep dying in coal mines. I wish he was just but not then being he would, a spoiler because that's really all he's doing. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. you can't be violent to get what you want. Like, but it's like, well, so what do you do? Let them keep dying in coal mines? Like, yeah. I wish Duncan had a a better solution. He could have been like, I know somebody. Right. In Philadelphia, and like, let, wait a week. Let me go there and talk to them, and they'll, they'll want to see this and bring them up. You know what I mean? Like, like their solution is to just keep drinking in the saloon. Also, yeah. when we so when we meet Mac in this flashback, he's walking with Jesse, who's played by Michael Shanks, and who's the son of the coal miner, and right. he's, I guess, kind of wanting to see what this situation is like for himself. So they arrive at the bar and where they're having this kind of union meeting, and obviously, no one there, like especially the leader, has never seen Mac before. And they're like, oh, who's this guy? You, what are you, a cop? Nope. Yeah. And they're like, you a Pinkerton? Nope. And then the guy's like, good enough for me. Like, okay. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, yeah. Let's continue our secret rebellion meeting. <laughs> <laughs> After we see this flashback with these coal miners perhaps kind of unionizing or, or at least, you know, using. Well, the, the, the one guy does say he wants to burn that owner's house down and, and blow, blow up the, the mind mind oh. i just said mind instead of mind yeah well like, he, also, he told... also wants to blow some people's minds <laughs> yeah like I'm, I'm on board that like you should not this man should not do that i don't want to oh, yeah, yeah. i don't want to give the impression i'm condoning yeah like pro-labor acts of violence <laughs> right but these things are just categorically different oh, right right especially in the time and place where they're occurring back in the zone duncan is after he's seen all this stuff go down with zoot suit and teo he's like all right charlie like we can we can book it this guy's not who i thought my friend said he was right because he does not get the buzz when he sees Kane. right so at this point in the episode i'm like great now there's no immortal angle to this at all so mm-hmm. it's like why is this a highlander story yeah you know like i feel like immortality always needs to play some part Mm-hmm. in it like whether it's actually having a mortal character or i mean like through the flashbacks like duncan's experiences as an immortal have led to something yeah. and i don't think these coal mining flashbacks do anything so mm-hmm. charlie goes over to uh confront teo because i yeah. guess he knows him from when he was a kid they argue a bunch but while this is all going on i guess the goons see duncan yeah and, and as soon as charlie walks away he gets jumped like yep. instantly instantly and he kind of gets the shit kicked out of him oh he gets beaten up with a pipe yeah yeah by kanan at some point kanan comes in yeah and like, like smacks just him. obliterates his dome with yeah his oh pipe. yeah like he's dead <laughs> like oh yeah <laughs> and then two goons pick mac up and throw him in the river <laughs> And Charlie, like, sees this happen, I guess, and comes running over instantly. Yeah. But nobody does anything about Charlie. Like, no yeah. one notices that, like, oh, what about this guy that's clearly with you? And we had yeah. like, seen taking off his clothes to go dive in <laughs> yep. after. Uh, what an episode. <laughs> yeah. So, cut back. Mac is now meeting with Joe. Mm-hmm. Back in his loft. Back at the loft. And Joe's like, oh, sweet. This guy's not a mortal case closed right but max like no you have to help me bring him down because he's evil yeah he actually says that's a quote yeah. he's evil yep oh well this this might be where the coal miner thing is coming into effect because duncan says i've been sitting on the sidelines too long and he sat on the sidelines in the coal miner thing he didn't do anything and his friend died and all those miners got killed so he doesn't want that to happen again with these people in the zone going against Kanan. Hmm. So he's like, if I don't interfere, these zone people are going to go against Kanan and possibly be killed. 
so I have to intervene to save but the, lives. But at this point, there are no people going against Kanan. Yeah. Charlie organizes those people <laughs> later after this. It's yeah. also so kinda... it's just like there's no conflict brewing except for one which he himself creates. And Duncan, again, Duncan boy detective, decides that he wants to go become a crime fighter. Well, the, the conflict is that Kanan's like poisoning this community with guns and violence. Yeah. So, I mean, there's something there like that Duncan thinks feels he has to stop. Right. But it's weak. Yeah, it's also weird. I mean, like in the the last episode, we we got a lot of this sort of Duncan on the sidelines action too. Like, I'm not taking yeah. part of your cause. I'm not like this isn't my thing. And now it's very different. So yeah, now all of a sudden he's like, oh, this is my cause. Right. I have to go fight poverty. <laughs> so this by doing karate. <laughs> there's only one thing that can defeat the crack cocaine epidemic: karate. And so <laughs> yeah. Duncan is also like, Joe, you need to help me with this. And yeah. Now that this is not decidedly not an immortal, yeah. How is Joe supposed to help him with any of it? Not yeah, he's like, nothing. He has no research he can give. He, yeah. like there's no note. Like there's nothing, and he's like, "You got to help me, Joe." And it's like, why? Yeah, like, where is the last? If where is fucking darkness <laughs> with Greta? He's like, oh, I could ask my watcher buddy when the villain is almost certainly a watcher, but no, it me as this psychic. Yeah. So Duncan's like, we have to do something like the cops won't do anything and they're killing each other like animals down there. This paints this might based on what he doesn't know. Sea Coover might as well be Gotham City at this point. Like this paints the strangest like I never, ever imagined Sea Coover as a place kind of even remotely like this. Like it seemed like a nice place. Like maybe this is just like one of those, you know, this is still early 90s. I guess the crime rate is a about to plummet in the 90s because like yeah. in the 90s it eventually happens i forget mm. what year but like maybe it's just like oh it's a city all cities are crime ridden because that's how cities are yeah a wretched hive of scum and villainy i can't remember does joe say he'll help or does he just skedaddle um i don't think i think joe's like i don't know what i can do and i think it just ends because there's just a flashback i don't think yeah. we ever even find out what's gonna happen mm. <laughs> So speaking of the Watchers, Keith, any updates on the Watcher Chronicle? Join those who live forever in their eternal battle through the writings of a remarkable and exciting chronicle passed down for centuries. Never before available, it is now possible to access this mysterious account of Highlander history on CD-ROM. Enter the Watcher Chronicles of Duncan MacLeod's life and pour over the pages that recount his stories through the eyes of his Watchers. The entries begin with his birth in 1592 and lead through important moments in his lifetime. The mortals that taught and also learned, the abiding devotion of the heart, the battles that destroyed others like him penetrate the veil of mystery on other selected immortals and their adventures with separate chronicle entries discover over 500 screens of information the journal screens the immortal screens the watcher screens <laughs> the sword screens and more all for the low low price of 49.95 yo wow yeah but for all the screens though <laughs> yep and you get to penetrate some veils <laughs> So Charlie comes back. Yeah, after diving for this whole time trying to find Mac. Why didn't Mac look for Charlie after he swam out of the river? Yeah, what an asshole. Yeah, you're right. He just leaves Charlie down there to wonder what happened to him. Or I mean they attack they attack Duncan. Why wouldn't he think, oh, they're gonna get my buddy too? Like Yeah, Duncan's pretty selfish in this instance. 
I mean, maybe he drowned would, and like got washed up somewhere. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's awful. Well, I guess we know Duncan can breathe underwater <laughs> from like, the movie. Like Connor, yeah. So there's a flashback back to these coal, the coal mine, and yeah. I guess the gang is going to attack the mine. And Jesse's still not sure. Jesse, Michael Shanks, is still not sure what he's going to do. I can't believe that's Michael Shanks. I, know, I, didn't, right? I could not recognize him at all. This is also the very first thing he was ever in. Fascinating. Number one IMDb credit. So Jesse decides he's going to join the gang anyway, even though Duncan warns against these. Like, it's only going to be bloodshed. It's going to be terrible. He says, maybe there are some things worth dying for. Mm. Like blowing up a mine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So outside of the mine, uh, all the Pinkerton men are out there guarding it or whatever. And the gang approaches, and Mr. Collins, the owner of the mine, orders them to, like, shoot the workers. Yep. So he's pretty terrible, too. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like he let the Pinkertons do whatever they wanted like yeah he actively was like oh yeah we're oh, doing yeah. this kill these guys yeah. yep in the fray i guess uh jesse gets shot well the main dude that was instigating all of this uses jesse as a human shield yes after pressuring him to join them in the first place yeah again if we're to draw this parallel between him and mr zoot suit like yeah. is it that people that like this guy's a coward and the, using the union mentality yeah. to like hurt you or I, like no i think the parallel that they were trying to draw because we didn't talk about this in the first bla- flashback when he's trying to pressure the kid to join him he's like you're either with us or you're against us it's like this dichotomy and like using this cross class cleavage and like herd mentality to manipulate people and i think that's what they were, the parallel they were trying to draw but why but- make the 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 union leader like a coward and a like terrible person like I don't he ends know. up like yeah. their cause is a noble one yeah. But they make the union leader yeah, like they a piece him of a shit. Dirt bag. Yeah. yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, this is uh it's so hard to think critically about an episode that's so bad. Yeah. Like, it's just so <laughs> awful. <laughs> Cuz that's just the end. It's like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then uh the dad notices that it's his son <laughs> getting killed and his reaction. Oh god. <laughs> he looks like a crazed lunatic. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> And as Keith pointed out to me earlier, he looks directly into the camera. <laughs> and screams, no. Yeah. Dario! <laughs> so Duncan and Charlie meet back up, I guess, at the dojo. Uh, which is weird because I guess, well, Charlie ambushes Duncan because he thinks there's like a prowler in the dojo. Which is, I guess, kind of funny because he doesn't realize he's alive. Yeah. Uh, but then Duncan's like, I gotta go back to the zone. And so then the next scene is back in the zone. Yeah. Duncan speaks to a crazy old man. This that scene man, is also useless. Completely useless. The old man just tells Duncan, he's like, Kanan's a bad apple, man. You should watch out. Yeah. And Duncan's like, thank you. End of scene. It's like, no, it's even funnier than that because he's like, he tried to buy me with a bowl of soup. Right. Blah, blah, blah. And then Duncan hits up. He's like, you can't, bri-. his whole story is like, you can't bribe me. Then Duncan bribes him. <laughs> and he and says to him, him go buy a bowl, bowl of, of soup. soup. <laughs> it's like, hey, you know how offended you were that this guy tried to bribe you with a bowl of soup? Uh, this would give you the equivalent to a bowl of soup. Also, he's like sleeping with like a paper sheet over him. And when Duncan leaves, he goes back to sleep and pulls the sheet back over his like body. Huh? Uh, while I was watching this too, I, this scene is like two minutes long and is completely pointless. And I was just looking, it's like they had to bring cameras, a crew. Like there are like 20 extras in the background. It's like, ah, uh, like what a waste of everybody's time. <laughs> the show's budget. Like this is so dumb. 
Ah! <laughs> this is the cash free zone, act two. Yeah. <laughs> and then we cut back to the gym. <laughs> and Asia's there, and she's like, Oh, I heard about Duncan dying. And Charlie's like, Well, he's not. And Asia's like, Sometimes you got to take what's there. She's once again kind of defending Kanan yeah. for unknown reasons. Well, here I also think, did she lead these goons? in is she like a diversion so kanan's goons can sneak in to get mac i think so because we're about to see a karate fight in the loft yeah. with the goons oh right and joe's also there and he's like oh we were we're we're busy trying to look for kanan interesting which i'm like what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, i like the idea that she's a diversion that's clever that makes sense to me yeah like, I think she's just dist- distracting Charlie so that these uh, goons can try to karate battle Matt. Yeah, so they have a karate battle, and the goons yeah. all f- flee upstairs in yep. the, the spiral staircase that leads to the roof somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. At one point, Mac even points out, I think it might be the next episode. I think episode. it's the next episode. It's like, I got to seal off that exit. Because yeah. <laughs> they like hang around on how often they've been using it as a yeah. way for to get out. <laughs> I want to talk about the next scene. So Joe's in Duncan's office. And Duncan's like, hey, did you, like, come up with any clues or whatever? He's like, yeah, the lead before was dry. And it's like, well, again, how big is the zone, like, that you can no longer find this person? Like, I'm very confused about if that lead is dry. Like, does that mean Kanan fled that part of the zone? And why? Because if he thought Duncan... He he moved on from Act 1 to Act 2. Yeah. Well, if Duncan... If he thought Duncan was a threat, like, and found out where he was, like, held up in the zone, it's like, well, he killed him. Like, so... No need to flee. Like, there's no danger anymore. Like, yeah. you killed the, the security leak. Yeah. So this is really dumb. Uh, but I want to play the clip here because I have this theory that Jim Burns maybe forgets a line. <laughs> uh, so let's just watch this because he says the line, he'll show up, like, twice. And they, like, there's a big pause. Like, he's supposed to say something. And then he just says the line again. It's amazing. <laughs> Why do you care so much about the zone, McLeod? Nobody else gives a damn. Look, we'll talk philosophy some other time. Just help me find this son of a bitch. All right, I'll try. This guy, he's invisible when he wants to be. Yeah, I know. When people see him, they don't see him. He'll show up. McLeod. He'll show up. (laughs) I didn't notice that. Like, he hangs on like a lantern. He's like, one, one more thing. He'll show up. Like he will show up. <laughs> will he show up? Uh, I thought that was so silly. Also, uh, these watchers who are supposed to be like experts at finding people and tracking people seem pretty shitty. This guy's invisible when that. he wants to be. Well, they're not yeah. good at catching drug dealers. They're not cops or guys in orange suits. Like oh, I can't find him. Well, I mean, what if there's an immortal drug dealer? Well, there's a plot. I mean, they I should mean, be able to find anyone. They have to like track these people down all over the world. Yeah. Without computers. They should be... Like, they've been doing this for centuries. They should be able to find someone when they want to. Like, <laughs> So we're back in the zone. Yeah, once again. Uh, oh, can we slap you every time you say it? <laughs> it's... it's This episode is so frustrating, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's making our episode frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're just like. They're back in the dojo. They're back in the zone. Back, it's like... Oh. I don't feel like I have that much to say about this episode. It's so silly. Uh, so it's just like just things happen, and I don't even like have the energy to care. <laughs> uh, so Duncan's back at the clinic, and he confronts Teo. 
in front of Asia, and he mm-hmm. like grabs the gun from yeah. his like pocket or whatever. He's like, "You told me about this," and Asia doesn't seem to really care. Like she doesn't seem too upset about this yeah. whole thing, and ends up taking the gun. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, which maybe is important later asia expresses some sympathies towards canaan she's like well society yeah. does not care about us like at least like he's doing something like he's right. looking after these people so i thought that was like kind of compelling it's like okay uh like if this episode is about like i don't know like i mean how you might sympathize with a captor or uh you know like how people can get wrapped up in drug culture it's like oh well you know i can keep selling drugs and ruining my neighborhood but it puts food on the table or you know this and that like mm-hmm. uh there's certainly something interesting here but they don't really explore it because it's dumb yep <sighs> so we're back in duncan's office and they are organizing a meeting uh they're gonna i guess charlie's trying to get some sort of resistance together for yeah. people to like fight back against zoot suit uh, but in the in the script, this is really crazy. Uh, they cut this dialogue. They are sure that Zoot Suit is going to find out about this meeting and show up. They're like, do you think he's going to come? And they're like, probably. And it's like, what kind of plan is this? Like, yeah. you were going to put all these defenseless, like, poor, disenfranchised people... In danger. In complete danger. And you're like, yeah, probably. It's going to be awful. Like, yeah. Hopefully he, doesn't have, hopefully he doesn't have a bunch of submachine guns because, yep, boy, that would be bad. If I was him, I'd just shoot everybody because, yeah. like, what? Because you're a drug dealing piece of shit. <laughs> uh, Not all drug dealers are pieces of shit, but drug kingpins are pieces of shit. <laughs> I just want to be clear on that point. <laughs> if the Marvel comic book Daredevil has taught us anything, it's that kingpins so, are bad. <laughs> Kanan. Zoot Suit is gonna, I guess, meet them at the clinic. He knows what's up. So Duncan tells Asia, like, you gotta, like, lock yourself in there, which I also thought was the dumbest thing. It's like, well, he knows where you are, so shouldn't you go... leave? Go elsewhere? Go elsewhere, yes. It's so ridiculous. Also, it's so obvious that Asia's about to stitch them up at this point. (laughs) Like, it's not even spoiler alert. She's about to stitch them up, and it's not... It's the least surprising turn of events. Teo gets Matt cornered, I guess, with his gun. Yeah, and is Duncan's like I know this is a setup. Like, take me to. Does he actually corner him with his gun? I didn't even think, even think the gun was out. Oh, maybe not. Maybe Duncan just sees him outside. He's like, yeah. oh, I know what this is about. Like, you take me there. Yeah, uh, and he's like, oh, how'd you know? <laughs> how did you know? It's like I didn't. You just told me. This is the silliest bit of dialogue ever. Yep. Duncan is taken to Kanan's like hideout, which looks like a school or a. That's weird. I don't know what it is. It's yeah, abandoned place with a freezer. Uh, and we find out then that Asia is the one that ratted them out. And we find she out, bops him on the head with a bat. Well, first, yeah. it's like, well, he's the one. Who do you think, like, pays for that clinic? And yeah. It's like, ah, like, it's like, again, I'm feeling, like, a little sympathetic towards your situation here. But then sure. she bops Duncan in the head. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're really an active participant in. It's such an active. Once you're, like, kind of attempted murdering a person, yeah. you're over the line. So it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, he gets knocked out, and they throw him in a freezer. Yep. And then Kanan's, like, smacking her around. And Teo yeah, like, is... Do they have a romantic relationship? Are we supposed I, to Yeah, I think that? so. Yeah. It's hinted at. But yeah. Teo is upset that he's hitting her friend, so his he, friend. Yeah. So he pulls his gun on Zutsu. Yeah. Big mistake. Yeah. Well, she's... And, and somehow Zutsu manages to convince him to put his gun, gun down by saying, like, oh, I was just fooling. Yeah, just yeah. Like, here's, fooling here's, a, here's a little domestic violence Tom tomfoolery here. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean nothing by it. So then this show gets dark because Kanan shoots a kid. Like, mm-hmm. this is maybe... Well, one, I gotta set an example. <laughs> this is one of the darkest things this show has maybe done, I thought. I was like, wow, like, they just shot a, a kid. dead kid. Yep. Yeah. 
Also, side note here. Did anyone IMDb Kanan? I did not have the energy. Um, I didn't for some reason. I did, and not much popped up. Let okay. me look here again. His voice sounds like Wolverine <laughs> in a bunch of the Wolverine co- like cart- like cartoons huh. where Wolverine is depicted. It really sounds like him. And Santino I think Buddha is his name. I that is not the guy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who the guy is, but this guy's voice, he sometimes drifts into that voice that they do for all these Wolverine comics that also sounds a little bit like Piccolo oh, yeah. in the later seasons. Uh, so Asia and Duncan get locked in this meat freezer. Oh, God. And... This freezer. When we talk about this, Th- that's now. This is. Yeah. It, th- oh, there's there's one interstitial scene, and then I want to talk about this. <laughs> go for it. Well, uh, so Kanan's like, and now let's go to the meeting place and fuck these guys up. <laughs> he brings a baseball bat, and Mac and Asia in the freezer. Like Asia wakes Mac up. And, yeah, and they have like this like ice makeup on the makeup's amazing like they're they're they have all this like white makeup like yeah. in their hair to make it yeah. look like they're freezing <laughs> and they're both like acting like they're cold and their cold acting is terrible so it's we'll play they're so cold we'll play a clip yeah, and they're a literally second. talking like this they, they get out of the freezer by busting through like the window and then using a pot it's whatever it's it like a matter. metal thing from the ceiling and yeah which hurts his hands a lot yeah. like this is so drawn out and boring yep. Uh, but then, yeah, some of their cold acting. Where where did the uh, where did Kanan go? Right here. Kanan's gone. Clinic. 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 Mac managed to rip this pipe down and mash out the the glass the on the glass window, on and the then window. he fishes out the. They like lock the door with an ice pick. No, yeah. not an ice pick. It's like a lot of those things have little pins oh, okay. yeah. that like stop like on those doors. Yeah. It's like a handle you swing open. Mm-hmm. And if you drop a pin in, it stops you from being able to open it. I don't know why those pins exist. Who's who's trying to sneak into your freezer from like, did you, are you worried your freezer door is just going to fly open? <laughs> I don't understand. I I've, yeah. I've seen those. I'm pretty sure the Wawa I used to work at when I was like 17 had one of those little pins, and I was like, why? <laughs> why? Is someone going to take our, like, secret stash of ice cream that's back here? Good thing we've got this pin, so someone might one day lock me in this freezer and murder me. <laughs> uh, so, so that's the theory. Pins are only for murder. So Charlie it, is having this meeting. Yeah. Which maybe is not at the clinic anymore? Like, maybe that nope, was the... that's the, the clinic. Oh, it was. Yeah. I was thinking it was like, oh, maybe they got wise to knowing that Zoot Suit knew about it, so they moved the location or... Well, like, no, I, no that's matter. definitely the clinic. That's so it's like, why wouldn't you move? Yeah. Like, you knew. You knew. Oh, God damn it. And there, and Charlie DeSalvo is giving a real rousing speech. They will never take off freedom. He <laughs> doesn't say that, but it's... Close. Well, Kanan shows up and he's beating him with a baseball bat. Yeah, which is like pretty. We've savage. had we've had Pipe Man's Pipe Man begins. Now it's more like Batman, Batman begins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it all comes full circle. Yeah. Uh, so, so here's what I'm wondering in this moment. I guess we eventually learn that Kanan is armed with a gun. Yes, uh, and eventually, and yeah, the, te- he obviously shot Teo, but right. he's. Not wielding his gun until very late in the action sequence that's about to unfold. What was their plan to stand up to this armed criminal? Like, it obviously involves force 
in some way. And assumably, assumably and this guy the other sh- people have guns too, right? Yeah, assumably. Somebody but they walk into the midst of this crowd not brandishing their guns. If yeah. there was ever a time to take these guys, it's right now. Yeah. Like, why wasn't Charlie just like, get him, get him, <laughs> like, fucking hit him. And they would have been able to win. Yeah. At this moment in time, most likely. So mm-hmm. I found that very puzzling because it's like, what was your plan, Charlie? Also, why does Charlie have a gang? When did Charlie have the time, the inclination, and like the ability to put together an entire gang of people who wants to defeat Kanan? Like, oh, it's just like, oh, let me just uh, revitalize my old issue of Charlie's Angels, my gang from the zone. <laughs> Well, it's like a throwaway line. It's just like Max is like, oh, Charlie has people that are against Kanan. Oh, okay. Yeah. He just has them. Yeah. Because they decide they want to be cops. Yeah. Because also in a scene before, Charlie's like, nobody wants to talk to me. No one's talking to anybody. And yeah. it's like, oh, and now they do and you can you can organize them all? Like This episode, I feel like two different people wrote every other line without <laughs> reading the line before it. Also, we were interpreting that there was a parallel between... Zoot suit organizing these disenfranchised people to become violent. He got political. Yeah, and it's like so he's doing that, and that's one thing, and they parallel that with this like union thing going on in the past, and it's like, well, that's that's not what it is. But at the same time, Charlie kind of unionizes like this this group of people, and violence works. Like like yes, I, violence literally saves the day. Like in the <laughs> Mac kicks the crap out of these people. Yeah. Yeah. I so I don't know. It's in the flashback, it's like, no, if you if you gang all together, like don't do it. Blood will be shed. Yeah. Except when it worked. I mean I guess we lost Teo, but almost un, in an unrelated issue. <laughs> yeah. Well Mac is like inconsistent in his views on violence. Because sometimes he's like, no, violence isn't the way. And other times he's like karate. <laughs> Yeah. Problem solved. Karate, karate, karate. Yeah. <laughs> so they save the day. They have like a Zoot couple Suits. karate fights. And yeah. yeah. Zoot Suits guys flee because he shows like weakness. I guess that was it. Like he kind of gets beaten by Mac and he's like, yeah. oh, guys, help me. And they're like, we're out. And they. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Duncan's already thoroughly beaten the crap out of these two guys. Yeah. Well, probably because his goons didn't help him at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he also thoroughly beat the crap out of those goons. Yeah, oh, that's true. From Char- Charlie. Yeah. Who's Charlie's gotten a proper beating out of this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. He does get to take one guy down, though. That's Charlie. true. Yeah. So. Well, after he's already been, like, batted in the yeah. face a couple yeah. times. Yeah. And so then we're the, the little denouement is back at the dojo. Duncan's- well, let's hang Okay, on. okay. Let on. us, like, uh, my inclination is also to blow through this steaming pile of something of an episode <laughs> okay well, how many things come in steaming piles steaming pile of dumplings of an episode <laughs> uh, that's too good <laughs> like a steaming pile of dumplings would be nice compared to this steaming pile <laughs> yeah so then so mac beats the crap out of kanan mm-hmm. then kanan goes to draw his gun Mac knocks it away and lifts Kanan literally over his head. Bane style. Literally Bane Bane style. style. And then, like, pile drives him into, like, a a series uh, of pipes. Yeah. Into the internet. He knocks him into a series of tubes. And... It's amazing. Like, that is amazing. Like, it wasn't worth fighting my way through the schlock of an episode. But if I could have a gif of (laughs) Mac lifting this a-hole over his head and throwing his 90s suit into this pile of tubes, mixed in a warp zone sound when he hits them. (laughs) 
It'd be perfect. And then, like, he's, like, out of breath, <laughs> leaning over Kane, and he's like, you're finished, Kanan. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just leaves him there. Yep. Yeah. So Kanan can take control again tomorrow. Or everyone yeah. murders him or yeah. something. Like, yeah. we're not it's, sure what happens in the zone. It's just like he beats him in karate fight and problem solved. Yep. Like, yeah, which is so dumb. Like, it's like, so I wish there was a follow-up episode, The Zone Act 2. Where it was just about the power vacuum that Mac had created and the war that started between different factions in the zone as yeah. different people fight for Kanan's throne. Yeah. And he's like, oh gosh, I don't know if I did a good thing. That sounds yep. like the plot of a Batman story. Isn't there some Batman story? Oh, it's a No Man's Land. Yeah. I think, where Gotham City is divided into like different zones for well, different Well, after they enemies. blow up all the bridges. Yeah. 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 Also, did this, for those at home, No Man's Land, Gotham gets so bad the U.S. government decides it's going to destroy every inroad to Gotham, kind of creating a escape from New York kind of thing. Yeah. So the gangs kind of take over, and it's like, oh, here's the Penguins' territory, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et it's kind of an overlooked, pretty good Batman story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's where you get like Azrael and yeah. like a few other major characters kind of emerge from this period. Also, did Duncan get the Chaos Emerald at the end of this episode? (laughs) I guess the quickening is when he can become a super Super super, super super sonic. Uh, so Duncan drinks. We're the some, worst. Duncan <laughs> drinks some tea. I'm, we're trying to get through this, guys. Duncan got drinks some tea. Rings. I don't know. Back at the uh, at the dojo, no, and Charlie, it. like the end of this is just like Charlie's like, man, you're pretty messed up. Like I don't know what's going on with you. Like I've seen some like PTSD guys. Like, but you got something else going on. You walk yeah. pretty close to the edge, McLeod. Right. <laughs> and he's like, I'm gonna figure you out. And so, what are you hiding? <laughs> yeah. But then Matt kind of, like, threatens him a little bit. He's like, yeah, way, you could... like, I don't think it was intended to be a threat, but I think just viewed objectively, it's absolutely a threat. He's like, hey, you might not want to find out, Charlie, people that have aren't around, around anymore. Yeah, it's like, that literally sounds, like, he's probably talking about Tess and, like, how being brought into his world got her killed. Right. But it literally sounds like, hey, Charlie, if you keep digging, you're going to find yourself pile driven into a bunch of pipes, <laughs> like a certain Canaan. Yeah. My man. <laughs> You're going to find yourself at zero rings. <laughs> also, throughout this whole recording, I just wanted to say Gabriel the Zone Patone. <laughs> Gabriel the Zone Patone. I, I believe we do have a, a little bit of an apology from the... Uh, the head run- the runners of the show oh, that we can really? play. Yeah, so we can. I expect it. So <laughs> yeah, we all expect this. When I first started to do this show, I was straight out of the movie business. Straight out of comedy. And our French partner Marla Ginsburg says, "Bill, here's the first thing you're going to have to understand: when you do 22 episodes a season, some will be better than others." <laughs> I'd like to offer a brief comment on the zone. In uh, six years, I did Highlander. This was probably my least favorite episode. Yeah. Um, and the reason it was my least favorite episode is we were pushed and pushed and pushed by powers that be in various networks and studios to do episodes that didn't involve the immortals. And I fought it because I didn't think McCloud was, um, I didn't think any mortal could stand up to Duncan McCloud or the Clan McCloud. And maybe it was, it was something in my subconscious that put out an episode that wasn't quite up to uh, snuff. And I take the blame for that one. Um, so right now, to the world, I've never done this before. 
I apologize for the zone. The production team was stretched very thin. Production design on a limited budget works when you can focus your energies on either building something or redoing, redressing an exterior within a limited range. When it starts to get too big, uh, the paint gets too thin, if you will. And as we've seen, you can sometimes get in trouble with the six-day show because you're writing the script to fit the six days, not necessarily to fill the full amount of time you need for a television episode, which is totally unchangeable. And if you don't have the luxury of adding an additional scene, as we would frequently do, then what you do is you kind of stretch the show. And as you stretch the show, the pauses get a little bit longer, the reaction shots get a little bit longer. And so you compounded the problem. And you end up with a show that's kind of just creeps along. And I wish we'd never made it. <laughs> Jesus. That was so much more brutal than I yeah. was. It takes, it takes a big man to admit their mistakes. So hats off to these guys. Yeah. It, it, it has such, that is so much more brutal. This is, has so yeah. much weight. Like this feels like when like a company has an oil spill yeah. and they send a guy out to yeah. do a press conference. Like, listen, everybody, we've made some mistakes. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. It's like grave. Yeah, <laughs> especially especially uh, is that Bill Panzer? Bill Panzer. I wish we never made it. Yeah, like, he's so like the pauses he takes. He seems like really upset. Yes. <laughs> You wanna know by now. You wanna know by now. Welcome to Mac Attack, where we discuss the lessons we learned from Duncan McLeod. I learned hmm, several, not necessarily from Mac, but I learned them nonetheless. First off, I learned you don't spend an hour of your time searching diligently for your friend who you think is dead, because he will not give a shit. <laughs> what else did I learn from Duncan McLeod? <laughs> I also learned that you don't wear an orange suit to a drug deal. <laughs> what else did I learn from Duncan McLeod? I learned that there are those that do and that there are those that watch. Unless you're talking to watchers, then there are those that watch and those that do. We should do this more often. How do you guys think this episode came about? Any thoughts on like what this was supposed to be? Because it seems like a complete train wreck of like time and money and a story, as as Bill Panzer and David Abramowitz said, that was like not fleshed out enough. Like, what was this? Do you think these guys had a goal for this? And uh, what was that? Ugh. Like that respect thing in the beginning. I don't What's know. that about? I don't know. This episode is just so far off the mark. <sighs> Everyone, write us in your like. That can be our question a week. Rant. What the fuck? <laughs> no, yeah, that's a, yeah. Seriously, what the fuck with this episode? Write us at highlanderrewatched at gmail .com and give us your rants about this episode because it is crazy. <laughs> and no Richie. And no Richie. Richie, Richie had he, this kid does have street smarts because he knew to get the hell out of yeah. this episode. <laughs> Any final thoughts on this episode? No, put this episode in a rocket and shoot it into space. <laughs> I am just so utterly convinced that Duncan's interference made the zone a worse zone. A worse zone. <laughs> yeah. It is, like, he has created a power vacuum that will be exploited by other drug dealers because, as far as I know, he did not eliminate drug dealing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Duncan has that immortal power, but I don't think he eliminated crack cocaine and heroin and methamphetamines from the earth. Well, we were talking about how Duncan resembled Superman in the last episode. So like Superman, I think Duncan should take his phantom projector and send this episode into the phantom zone. 
So join us next week when we watch episode seven, The Return of, of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, The Return of Amanda. <laughs> I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. I'm in. Bye. We're sorry. <laughs> so, Kanan, is Kanan just Robotnik in this? Mm-hmm. Sure. The big orange suit. Or Knuckles? Is he Knuckles? No. Mm. Who's, I w- who's Knuckles? Teo? Knuckle- Teo is Tails. No, Tails. <laughs> <laughs> That's <so> stupid. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, we really want to make so, this work. Well, yeah. so it's the zone zone. <laughs>